In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Blessed is the man who endures trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. These words of St. James in his first chapter set the tone very high for us in our effort for holiness and our desire for heaven. Blessed is the man who endures trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Lord, I want to love you. Teach me, Lord. Teach me to love you more. And, Lord, of course, you are by my side as I endure trial. Life will have its trials, its crosses, its sufferings. It's the human experience. We shouldn't be surprised. And our Lord, our Blessed Mother, all the saints are with us along this path. Confrontation with evil, with suffering, is, is part of our human experience. God is all-loving. And yes, he permits suffering and temptation for a greater good. It's a mystery, indeed, but God has revealed himself to us. God has spoken to us in the Word, in Jesus Christ. And God has spoken to us in the history of the church, in the communion of saints, in the lives of the saints, the martyrs. So many have gone before us and we could say have lived up to these words that St. James offers us. Blessed is the man who endures trial. Do I endure trial? What is my attitude toward challenges, to suffering, misunderstandings, conflicts at home, difficulties at work, uh, things going on in our community, in our country, in the world. How do I endure trial? Jesus, I trust in you. Without God, there is no hope. Pope Benedict XVI reminded us in one of his encyclicals, With God, without God, there is no hope. And so in any uh, challenge that we face, in any solution that we, sing, that we seek, uh, we need God. We, God has to be at the very heart of that. We have a beautiful account of St. Justin the Martyr early Christian, martyred in the year 165. The saints were seized and brought before the prefect of Rome, whose name was Rusticus. As they stood before the judgment seat, Rusticus, the prefect, said to Justin, Above all, have faith in the gods and obey the emperors. 
Justin said, We cannot be accused or condemned for obeying the commands of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see the conviction, the fortitude, the trust of St. Justin here. And in a way, we hear those voices in our own world, uh, the voice of this Rusticus here. You have faith in the gods and obey the emperors, the emperors of the day. We could say the false gods of the day. Just make a list of the vices, and there you have it, and all of, its, all of their manifestations. But we see the proper way in the attitude here, the faith of St. Justin. We cannot be accused or condemned for obeying the commands of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Rusticus said, what system of teaching do you profess? Justin said, I have tried to learn about every system, but I have accepted the true doctrines of the Christians, though these are not approved by those who are held fast by error. It's nice to see how Justin, he gives, <laughs> he, 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 he gives um, the, the world a chance, or the things going on in the world, the different ideas, philosophies. I have tried to learn about every system. And he's arrived at the truth, the true doctrines of, of the Christians. That we, my brother, my sister, we believe that. We have the fullness of the truth in Jesus Christ. And like St. Justin and so many saints, we need not apologize for that. In fact, we, we can't apologize for that if we're going to be truly Christian. Of course, Jesus said uh, in his preaching, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Lord, give me courage. Give me fortitude. Just like, we, again, we see St. Justin here, who's not, he's not backing down. The prefect Rusticus said, Are those doctrines approved by you, wretch that you are? Justin said, Yes, for I follow them with their correct teaching. The prefect Rusticus said, What sort of teaching is that? That's just a softball question that Rusticus offers up to Justin, basically to... Uh, give his own creed, if you will. Justin said, and Lord, we pray these words with Justin. This is what I believe. This is what we believe as, as Christians. Justin said, worship the God of the Christians. We hold him to be from the beginning, the one creator and maker of the whole creation, of things seen and things unseen. We worship also the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he was foretold by the prophets as the future herald of salvation for the human race and the teacher of distinguished disciples. For myself, since I am a human being, I consider that what I say is insignificant in comparison with his infinite Godhead. I acknowledge the existence of a prophetic power for the one I have just spoken of as the Son of God, who was the subject of prophecy. I know that the prophets were inspired from above when they spoke of his coming among men. St. Justin lays out the Catholic belief, the Christian belief before this uh, prefect. 
And Lord, I adhere to these words. Help me, Lord, to live the faith. Help me to know the faith. We can't love what we don't know. Rusticus said, you are a Christian then? Justin said, yes, I am a Christian. <laughs> the simplicity of Justin here, the direct uh, truth of where his heart is at. Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. In our own day, in so many words, perhaps not these exactly, but we have to say, we have to live, yes, I am a Christian. In the way I worship God, in the way I profess my faith, in the way I treat other people, in the way I affirm dignity for every single human being. Yes, indeed, I am a Christian. In the way I try to live the commandments that God has given me, and of course, the way I try to follow the new law which is Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, I am a Christian. Or I, I, I'm striving to be a Christian, sinner that I am. And this should show that I'm trying and that I do believe. And that hopefully I even have a bit of courage when that is required of me. As St. Josemaria writes in the way, May your behavior and your conversation be such that everyone who sees or hears you can say, this man, this woman, reads the life of Jesus Christ. Is my behavior such? Is my conversation such that people could say that? This, this person reads the life of Jesus Christ. Well, it certainly was the case of St. Justin and, and his fellow martyrs. The prefect said to Justin, you are called a learned man and think that you know what is true teaching. Listen, if you were scourged and beheaded, are you convinced that you would go up to heaven? Justin said, I hope that I shall enter God's house if I suffer that way. For I know that God's favor is stored up until the end of the whole world for all who have lived good lives. Justin has faith. He has heard the word. He has uh, read the scriptures. He's lived it out. Obviously, we have wonderful texts of St. Justin's writings. And yes, he has hope in heaven. Not on his own merits. Just on the favor that God has stored up. The prefect Rusticus said, Do you have an idea that you will go up to heaven to receive some suitable rewards? Justin said, it is not an idea that I have. It is something I know well and hold to be most certain. Rustica said, now let us come to the pointed issue, which is necessary and urgent. Gather round then, and with one accord, offer sacrifice to the gods. Again, that's was said at the time of, of St. Justin and those early Christians. And it's really said in our own life, too. We're constantly really being pressured in a way to um, sacrifice to the false gods. Justin said, No one who is right thinking stoops from true worship to false worship. 
Rastika said, if you do not do as you're commanded, you will be tortured without mercy. Justin said, we hope to suffer torment for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, and so be saved. For this will bring us salvation and confidence as we stand before the more terrible and universal judgment seat of our Lord and Savior. Yeah, the faith of Justin and the, the right thinking of Justin. He's more worried about what God, what he, how he will be judged by God, not by the world, not by the false gods of the day or the voices of the day. No, I, I'm looking to the judgment of God. And of course, he has faith. He has faith, faith in the mercy of God. In the same way, the other martyrs also said, do what you will. We are Christians. We do not offer sacrifice to idols. The prefect Rusticus pronounced sentence saying, let those who have refused to sacrifice to the gods and to obey the command of the emperor be scourged and led away to suffer capital punishment according to the ruling of the laws. Glorifying God, the holy martyrs went out to the accustomed place. They were beheaded and so fulfilled their witness of martyrdom in confessing their faith in the Savior. A great example of the martyrs. In our own way, let there be witnesses to the truths that God has offered us in the Word, in the teaching of Jesus Christ, in the teaching of the magisterium of the Church. And we want this to bear fruit. Don't let your life be sterile, St. Josemaria said. Be useful, blaze a trail. Shine forth with the light of your faith and of your love. The saints loved. They weren't just some, I don't know, was radicals, or rebel rousers. No, they loved. They, they loved God. They, God is the truth. And they were willing to give up their life for that love, for that truth. They were useful. They did blaze a trail. And again, what about you and me? Are we striving to be useful? We don't have to be Superman. We probably will not get martyred like, like St. Justin. Oh, this, we could. It could happen. But you know, how, is, how goes my you know, white martyrdom the, the day by day, remaining faithful to the, to the teachings of the church, remaining faithful to my, you know, to my love, my Lord and Jesus Christ, fighting against the vices that I have, of course, we're all sinners. Pride, anger, envy, gluttony, lust, avarice is there. Lord, help me. I want purify me. I don't want my life to be sterile. But therefore, we must, like Jesus said, pick up the cross and follow him. Acknowledge him. And again, back to these words of St. James. Blessed is the man who endures trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Blessed Franz Jagerstadter said something along those lines. That why don't people think about eternity? <laughs> Do we think about heaven? That, he certainly was. I mean, he suffered for it. He, he was a martyr in the Second World War. 
He remained faithful to his conscience and to the truths of God. And he was free. And he's in heaven now. St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, she also died martyred in the Second World War, 1942. What was her way of seeing life? These will have a, a, a snippet of that in one of, her, one of her writings. The motive, principle, and end of the religious life is to make an absolute gift of self to God in a self-forgetting love, to end one's own life in order to make room for God's life. That's it. That's what we have to strive to. Now that she's referring to the religious life, and I suppose most of us making our prayer now are not called to the religious life as such, but this applies to all of us. This love for God, making room for God, yes, in our way. In the middle of the world, St. Josemaria, of course, would say, strive to be a saint. You are obligated to strive to be a saint right in the middle of the world. Jesus is there with you. He'll help you. Yes, even though you walk through the valley of darkness, the Lord is by your side. Be not afraid. Go out, shine, like St. Josemaria wrote in that first point of the way. Let your light shine. Of course, quoting Scripture, our Lord. Indeed, the motive, principle, the end of, she said religious life, but because of my life, the principle, the end of my life is to make an absolute gift of self to God. Wherever I'm at, in the middle of the world, as a single person, as a married person, whatever work that I have, relationships that I have, I must make an absolute gift of myself to God. That's Christianity. And, of course, that entails loving our neighbor. The two great commandments. You shall love God above, God above all things. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, teach me to love. In these days in which we see oh, so much kind of angst, that hatred even. Oh, Lord, teach me to love. Help me to make my life an absolute gift to you uh, in a life of self-forgetting love. We see that in the life of St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross. To end one's own life in order to make room for God's life. And there's the paradox. When we end our own life, to die, we say, we, when we die to ourselves, that's precisely when we gain life, when we have the true life. Uh, to the eyes of the world, it's a hidden life. But God sees all, God is the one who sees our heart. And so I was struck by the first words of Cordelia in the tragedy of King Lear by Shakespeare. King Lear is dividing his kingdom among his three daughters. The first two, Goneril and Regan, basically they just want the inheritance, the land their piece of the kingdom. And they lavish these in, insincere words of love on the king to puff him up. And while they're saying their words, Cordelia, who truly loves him, she loves her father, she loves the king, she utters her first words of the play. 
which are an aside to herself. What shall Cordelia do? Love and be silent. Yeah, she, her life has been her testimony of love for her father. She truly is the one who loves. And what will she do? What will she speak? Love and be silent. And someone even pointed out, my professor, they're teaching this class back in the day. So even the word Cordelia, I don't know if you said this was on purpose by Shakespeare or just happenstance, but Cordelia, of course, from heart, and the, la the last five letters, Delia, you can switch those letters around and you get ideal. So again, whether that was on purpose or not, who knows, but indeed, we need to have an ideal heart like Cordelia, who, who truly loves her father. And she's not going around making, I don't know, big statements about it. She, her life has shown that she loves her father. I'll see what happens as a result of that. But that, Lord, is what we want in our own lives, to, yes, to love with deeds. St. Josemarie would say, love is deeds and not sweet words. And part of that way of love for us in the middle of the world, for all of us, will be to rejoice in, in, in this freedom that God has given us and respect the freedom of others in things that are open to opinion. As St. Josemarie has said in one of his books, some people, on seeing that members of Opus Dei have different ways of looking at things in temporal affairs, in politics, economics, science, culture, etc., have said, not maliciously, I hope, that Opus Dei plays a double game. When I heard that, the thought occurred to me that if it were so, it wouldn't be so much a double game as a multiple game. The fact is, though, that it is not a game, but something far more meaningful and serious. What we do is really wonderful. Defend the personal freedom of all our members in secular affairs, in everything that is not a matter of faith and that the Church leaves to people's free debate. And so Opus Dei doesn't have, has never had, and will never have a particular corporate position in such matters, not even in theology, if it's in an area open to discussion. Anybody who tries to make out that our work is either progressive or conservative is unaware of the facts and is making a colossal mistake. Indeed, something St. Josemaria emphasized a lot in his preaching and his way of living, his way of leading, Opus Dei. Freedom, this beautiful gift. He called it the most precious gift that God has given us at the human level. Of course, grace, life in the Trinity, is the most beautiful gift we have at the supernatural level. But freedom, we are made the freedom for the freedom and glory of God. I mean, and we should use that freedom Forming our conscience well, of course, we have an obligation to form our conscience well. And yes, to, to make a difference, like we see in the lives of the saints, and so many hidden saints, if you will, 
those, those, those hidden lives of holy people, their fathers, mothers, grandfathers, grandmothers, aunts and uncles, friends. There's, let's always have that hope. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the people out there who are really trying to make a difference courageously. People who are enduring trial, as St. James writes. Those who have stood the test, those who are still standing the test. Courage. We Christians, we, we need to live with courage. And, of course, we seek uh, peace. We want, yes, indeed, we want peace to reign. Now, we live on this earth, I suppose, until the second coming. There's going to be conflict, of course, but we have to do our part. Pope Francis, in his apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium, he, he talks about this unity that we need. Unity prevails over conflict. Conflict cannot be ignored or concealed. It has to be faced. But if we remain trapped in conflict, we lose our perspective. Our horizons shrink, and reality itself begins to fall apart. In the midst of conflict, we lose our sense of the profound unity of reality. I think perhaps, and he, I think it's borne out later on in this paragraph here, he's talking about God, grace, uh, the brotherhood of man, if we can call that, unity among all, all peoples. If we in the midst of conflict, it, if we lose our sense of that truth, things fall apart. When conflict arises, and he mentions three ways here to deal with conflict. When conflict arises, some people simply look at it and go their way as if nothing happened. They wash their hands of it and get on with their lives. Others embrace it in such a way that they become its prisoners. They lose their bearings, project onto institutions their own confusion and dissatisfaction, and thus make unity impossible. But there is also a third way, and it is the best way to deal with conflict. It is the willingness to face conflict head-on, to resolve it, and to make it a link in the chain of a new process. Blessed are the peacemakers. In this way, it becomes possible to build communion amid disagreement. But this can only be achieved by those great persons who are willing to go beyond the surface of the conflict and to see others in their deepest dignity. Indeed, and whenever there's a conflict, in, at any level, in the family, at work, I'm in a community, in our country, in world issues, we always have to see the other in their deepest dignity. Never to write anyone off. Never to despise you know, Jesus from the cross. Jesus, you said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Do I forgive? Do I, do I try to see the, the good intentions of people, even though I might disagree with their way of going about something? Do I respect them as a child of God? That can be difficult at times. Of course it can. Well, we have to rise to the occasion. Like we, again, we see in the saints' 
time and time again. And Pope Francis continues, this requires acknowledging a principle indispensable to the building of friendship in society, namely, that unity is greater than conflict. Solidarity, in its deepest and most challenging sense, thus becomes a way of making history in a life setting where conflicts, tensions, and oppositions can achieve a diversified and life-giving unity. Well, okay, we've got to aim for that. It's, it doesn't happen easy. We can acknowledge that. We do have to go through the narrow gate to get to the truth. And we have to go through suffering. But let's give it a chance. The prayer, yes, offering up sacrifices, listening to the other, And where does this come from? This principle drawn from the gospel reminds us that Christ has made all things one in himself. Heaven and earth, God and man, time and eternity, flesh and spirit, person and society. Christ is our peace. Lord, help us to remember this as we face the challenges. And like the Pope said, we can't just wash our hands of it and say, well, I'll just go on my happy way as if nothing happened. No, there are things happening. And I, I've got to be part of the solution. And first and foremost, I have to live out my Christian vocation. I have to endure trial and, and, and withstand the test and, and live charity and, and, and try to live the virtues and fight against those sins that, that can be even an addiction. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to make a difference. Indeed, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Well, our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, all the saints will help us in this endeavor, this great adventure, St. Joseph would call it, to live the life, to follow Christ with all our heart. And in that way, making our own life a gift to God. Or as St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross said, to make room for God's life. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.